Welcome everybody to the Bakery Bears radio show. Or should I say, welcome to the latest washing mystery oh, with your Poirots, Dan and Kay. Oh, good morning everyone. I've just spent 15 minutes looking for a hand-knitted sock. The case of the missing sock. That I couldn't find, so I emptied the washer. I put, I always put it's gonna rain today so I'm not putting any washing on the line so I put some in the dryer but some stuff I don't put in the dryer for example hand knitted socks and I went and put the things that I don't put in the dryer on the area inside the house just on the clothes area and one of the socks wasn't there so I thought oh no I've put it in the dryer ran all the way back down two flights of stairs Looked in the dryer, pulled everything out, not in the dryer. Looked everywhere, in sleeves, everywhere, not there. Went back upstairs, looked at everything I'd put back on the area, not there. Looked in the dryer again, not there. Looked in the washing machine, not there. Looked everywhere, decided that it had gone missing. And then Dan came in and looked and found it. Well, it's not strictly true. I came downstairs, went through the washer, took everything out yeah. of the dryer, yeah. checked everything. So it's not like I just found it. No, but... <laughs> It was on the floor of our daughter. It was on, it was on the floor of Bryony's bedroom, but it was on her little rug in her bedroom, which is a Winnie the Pooh rug, and it, it was disguised on there. No, anyway, the sock, we found it. The sock has been found. The sock mystery is over, and so the radio show is on. Yes. <laughs> and today, there's one woman in the world who I think you should always listen to. There's two women actually. The first is Delia Smith. Oh, I was thinking Delia Smith. Yes. I can't three. believe it. I was thinking Delia Smith. Well, and yes. I was only thinking Everybody the other day that I haven't seen hide nor hair of Delia Smith in years. Well, she's obviously got her, to the age where give her, she's no longer like doing stuff. Well, well we should treat her things. like the Queen. Well, Happy I, that yeah, she's... I mean, every year I watch Delia Smith's Christmas, which I think if you look around on sort of I don't know where, I can't remember where I found it, but anyway, and I've also got it on DVD, I've recorded it off the telly one time, and I watch that every year. So you always listen to Delia, I mean maybe Mary Berry, no, Yeah, well, depends yeah, what it's to do with. It does depend what it's to do with, but yeah, I would always listen to Delia about pretty much anything. Yeah. Mary so, Berry on baking. And, and to be honest, I would say actually that the person I'm going to say now is above Mary Berry. And that person's Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. If Julie Andrews tells you to do something, you do it. What has she told you to do? Well, in the musical, The Sound of Music, mm -hmm. she sang about some of her favourite things. She did. And that's what we're going to talk about oh, today. Oh, right. Yes. Gosh, she must be really old now, Julie Andrews. She is, but she's still, she's still been around and done stuff. She's going to be like Doris Day. Doris Day lived until she was like... Recently. Not that long ago she died. Yes. Yeah, she was well in her 90s, I, I think, when On she died. On a ranch. She should have done a ranch, yeah, I think. She Looked was, after her animals. She did, she did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now, now there's a woman who could sing. Oh, yeah. Voice of an yeah. angel. Similarly, Julie Andrews Julie too. Andrews. Julie yeah. Andrews, who should have played, because she, in the West End, it was oh, the, the one with the, where they're teaching her. To speak, oh, what's it called? We saw it in the West End. My Fair Lady. Thank you. My brain wasn't working. She should have been in it in the oh, film. Oh, really? Yes, because right. she played it in the West End, and I'm pretty right. sure she did it on Broadway. She'd have been brilliant in the film. Well, as I recall, did, 
Is she actually singing? I can't remember who played it in, in the film. Someone oh, really famous. it's the woman with the dark hair. I don't think she's... I think it's dubbed. No, is it not her singing? I can't remember. I know that the story... I could it's not Julie anymore. Andrews' voice. No. Oh, no. No, you'd know it if it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But they should have put her in it in the film. Because have, look yeah, at then have. what Julie Andrews then goes on to do. I know. I mean, yeah. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. It's yeah. like... Yeah. We don't talk about the sequel. We don't. No. Because I, no, I've, I'm not judging it without watching it. I've watched it. Yes. So I can say with confidence that... It's twaddle. It's absolute rubbish. I'm really sorry for anyone who likes it. And, you know, more power you if you do. And that's fine. And I appreciate everyone's different. But I did not like it. It's like you, you couldn't try and remake Jaws. You no, know, no. I mean, there's certain things you it stay was just, away from. It was wrong. It was just all wrong. You just Everything stay away was from wrong. It. You stay I'm, away I'm, from it. It was just, yeah. Yeah. But today, we're going to be looking at Julie in her prime, and we're going to be talking about some of our favourite things. Okay. So without further ado, let's get our shoes on and get out for a lovely autumnal walk. Let's go. We walk past our lovely ruins. Yes. Past their best now. The trees, yeah, they are. I'm not and concerned I, about them. If you go for a no, walk through the No, because those two down yeah. there are the same trees and yeah. they've all dropped their leaves as well. Yeah. The leaves do look very brown though and crispy. We've But oh, the I, river's alive. The river's alive. I suppose it could be lack of water, couldn't yeah. it? It could be lack of water. Oh dear, someone's lost a coat. Oh gosh, so have. It's like quite a nice It'll be those kids that have been yeah. messing around here every night. What tree is that? I don't know. Just looking at the leaves, the leaves look... It looks like an oak. It is an oak. I'm stunned. There's acorns on it. I'm utterly stunned. Well, I'm amazed that they planted an oak tree here. I had no idea. That is definitely an oak tree. Look at, the, look at that acorn. It's an iconic acorn. I should pull it It couldn't off. be more perfect. No. And how many years have we been here? Gosh, look at the things. Don't they look weird? Yeah, I know. That growing. must be what they emerge out of. This is crazy. I've never seen <laughs> those before. They look alien-like. Yeah, they really do. Because look, that one's got a bit of it attached to it and that's like yeah. a beautiful acorn. Yeah. I had no idea that there was an oak tree there. These are trees that were planted when we moved into the house. Our house is 15 years old now. It's brand new estate. And... Oh, that's gross. There's, there's some kind of insect eggs under there. I'm not looking at that. Um, so these are trees that they planted on this sort of grassy area in front of our house. Is that an oak house. too? Yeah, is that an oak too? No. Mm. Th there is something there though. No, that's... It isn't an oak, but it's... Oh, hold on. Oh no, I think it is. I can. Talk about a voyage of discovery. I can't believe it. It is an oak tree. So there's yeah, two look at the oak leaves. trees. Yeah. So they're 15 years old now and, you know, they've got really quite big trunks, haven't they? Can you imagine what they're going to look like in the next 15 years? I know, years? yeah. 
I wouldn't particularly want to live in a house that's no, like... No, and this house is quite close behind them. It's not the same estate as ours. No. It was some that were built after we moved in. No one stopped to consider the fact that... That there's two oak trees there that in 50 years are going to be absolutely ginormous. But it's anyway, the roots, isn't it, that'll mess with the, the foundations? Roots. Yeah, yeah, roots that, that are the problem with um, houses, yeah. It's funny this time of year because I think it's the low light. Mm. That's what changes how everything feels. Even when it's slightly warmer, I still think it feels... Because we have had some warm... It was boiling last yeah. week, like 27 degrees boiling. And it's really confusing to your body, I think, because yeah. now this week it's quite cool. And yesterday I felt really quite chilly in the house and I think it's just because it's so vastly different from one week to the next and yeah. you just can't adjust can you no i had a cowl on yesterday in the house i mean <laughs> and then last week i was absolutely in t-shirt and you know boiling crazy crazy but it's it's that low light i think on the morning and yeah. that slight edge to the it is definitely for me it's the perfect time of year for running and also for walking too I think because of that sort of chilled edge, mm -hmm. which I really do like. There's the man with the bike, but he's not got his bike. No, he's not got his bike. I hope it's okay. To be fair, he's normally pushing it anyway. He is, yeah. yeah. No bike today. He's opted to leave it at home. There are some, I've got to say, I'm sure there's odd characters in everybody's towns, but we seem to be, um, well, we seem to have more than our fair share of. <laughs> of odd characters that we see quite often you know we see regularly i but, think you know. what we do is though we live quite i mean this does sound funny but we are quite outdoorsy and we're outdoorsy at similar times yeah that's true so what you do then is you do start to look at the people around you and sort of take in more i think and you'll notice stuff. What's up? Nothing. That my, that's making a noise. Boys, does it? Yeah. There we go. That'll stop it. It really won't be a problem. Okay. It was just clanging, but it's fine now. I've sorted it. I suspect no one could even hear the clanging. Oh well, I could hear it. It was bugging me. It was my zip pull. Was sort of like, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyone would think that you had a history of giving too much information. Look, don't even start with what's going on in my brain right now. So look, I think you can tell a lot about a person from their favourite things. And when you sort of think about your favourite things, mm. It's been an interesting process for me thinking about what they are mm. because there's certain things which have always been and are just part of my everyday life. Mm. And we're, di we're discounting family in this. We're, we're not, not discounting, that sounds terrible. But you know, it's a given that if anybody was asked what their favorite things were, it would be their family would be number one. So just take that as a given and we'll carry on. Are you trying to say that if anyone is, is listening at home and I don't say that my first favourite thing is you, that they'll all think... That, that you're awful. <laughs> that I'm a complete Heartless yes. beast of a man. Yes. He's a huge beast of a man. <laughs> um, so, yes, it's been a very interesting... It's been a very interesting sort of thinking process for me. And 
it, it's been fun. Mm. It's been sort of fun to sort of think about because I think that's something else that we all tend to do is we sail through life and certain things become our keepsakes and other things don't. And the things that become our keepsakes can sometimes be forgotten, which is silly. Mm. So I suppose, without further ado, do you want to go first? I'll go first. Look at the black currants. Blackberries. Blackberries. You always say black currants. Sorry, I get mixed up. Where do you ever see black currants? Well, you'd have to go in someone's garden, probably, <laughs> in a vegetable patch. I'm not certain I've ever seen a black currant. They're just they're just round and yeah. small. And you'd, my gran used to make. She used to put them in a crumble. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather have a black currant than a blackberry. I don't like blackberries. They're a bit gritty. I just don't like the flavour. Right. Never have done. Go on then. I like black currants though. Um, Hit us. I'm going to say my car. Well. And Dan's smiling because he knew I was going to say that. No, I didn't. Right. I had no clue. I had no clue. Genuinely. Right. So that was a genuine surprised smile. I don't smile. think it was. Anyway. Yeah, I'm going to say my car. Now, this is a tricky one for me because... I, I love my car. I've, it's the only car I've ever owned. I've spoke about it before, I'm sure. It's a VW Polo Open Air. Yeah. And it was registered in 1995. Right. I bought it in 96. Yeah. It was an ex-demonstrator model. It was only about six months old. When I bought it, I think there was about 2,000 miles on the clock. So nobody had actually owned it, it was just used as a demonstrating model in the garage. I paid £10,000 for it, which back in 96, you know, it was a lot of money at the time for me to pay for a car. But I love it. Um, and like I say, it's the only car I've ever owned. I've still got it, it still runs. I use it rarely these days, but I do use it not as much as I should. Um, Carl in the garage tells me off because I don't run it as much as I should, but I do go to school and back once or twice a week. Anyway, but the reason it's a tricky one for me is that I've always felt really secure in my car and, and I've never ever had a problem driving in it, if you know what I mean. It's, I, I don't like driving, I'll say that now, I don't like driving. However, when I'm in my car, I've always been fine. It, I felt, I've always felt like it looks after me and I feel safe in it. But ju just this past sort of year, probably, I've just been struggling with a lot of things, um, anxiety-wise, and one of them is travelling and being in the car. And now I'm, I'm kind of struggling to get back in it and drive it and just the thought of it sort of sends me into a bit of a spin and that kind of makes me feel bad because it's never let me down and it's never it's, it's always been there for me I don't I don't give it a name I don't give it a gender I'm not that kind of person but I love it and yeah so I feel like I need to I've just got to do it. I've just got to get in it and drive it. And I know everything will be fine. It's not like I ever go far, you know. <laughs> and I know I'm being ridiculous over it. I mean, but what we did recently Yeah, was, that's an interesting story attached. 
what we did recently was we decided to have have it valeted, professionally valeted, inside and out and everything, because we'd had Dan's done a couple of months ago and the garage did an amazing job. So we decided to have mine done and it's never had a professional valet. You know, we've just always washed it and looked after it, but it has kind of been neglected really the past few years because they just haven't driven it too much. It, it lives it lives in a garage. It is in the garage, so it's not outdoors. Um, but yeah, we had it professionally valeted and he had it for the weekend and he was really excited, wasn't he, when he saw it? Yeah, because he likes it's doing so classic old. cars. <laughs> yeah, I never think of it as a classic, but it's over 25 years old now, so I suppose it is a classic. It's an N Reg, if you're in this country, then um, you'll understand that, I how think, old that is. Um, I think that the, the whole valeting thing is... Uh, It's something that I would highly recommend because oh, it's no matter just how amazing. hard, no matter how hard you, you can, clean you your can't, car, you can't get it as clean as this is. Well, also because well. you don't have the tools, do you? You don't have the no. machine polishing things, and I don't know what vacuum they've used, but it's spotless in there. You know, even the boot was a disgrace. But he, he, he has a carpet washer right and all the carpets have been washed and you know it's all polished inside and oh my gosh it's, it's literally never been as clean apart from probably when i drove it away from the showroom i opened the garage the other day and it's like got this waft smell of like yeah new car smell and <laughs> it sort of made me realize that that's what you smell i mean of course that's what you smell when you go into a, yeah. a, a, a car showroom but I never really thought, oh, it's the polish on all the cars. Mm -hmm. It's a very nice smell. Yeah, and you know, over the years, I've pondered many times on selling it and getting a, yeah, either getting a new one or just at times when we've just not been using it. But then inevitably something will happen. Some life event will happen and I've had to really heavily, heavily rely on it. You know, for example, when Dan was ill, um, and going through chemo and surgery and all the rest of it I just could never feel confident enough to drive Dan's truck I have driven it a couple of times because I've had to and I was terrified was she eating an ice cream? I just saw a woman it's a bit loud sorry yes. who looked no, no, it's probably more, about 65 it's more, it's more the time of day I know it's like quarter past nine or something she was eating an ice cream how odd! Why not though? <laughs> Need some breakfast? I'm going to get an ice cream. Okay. Oh dear. Look. But yeah, so. I've had to rely on it heavily in the past and been very grateful that I've got it because if I'd had to have driven Dan's truck day in, day out for sort of six months, I think I'd have had a heart attack. Um, so your first thing yes. is your car. Yes. So, what's yours? Well, it's fair to say that I quite, yeah, I do quite like coffee. You, you do quite like coffee, yes. I only have two maximum of two, two cups a day, yeah. A day. And that's all the caffeine you have, you don't have anything else. No, I don't do you? drink caffeinated tea and no. don't drink any drinks with caffeine in it or anything. Um, but yeah, I really do like coffee. I got into coffee through someone who I used to work with and 
I really sort of enjoy it. And anyway, years ago, years and years ago, before I even had a coffee machine, when I used to drink French press coffee. Yeah. Which actually, I need to do more often because it is you very did, nice. Yeah, you did that the other day, didn't you? You made yourself a cafetiere. Yes, we were a bit short on milk. Were we? That's unusual. We usually have gallons of the stuff. No, we're, we're, that's not strictly true. There's a, a, a couple of days a week when we are slightly lower than others. Right. And so I thought we're a bit short on milk, so I know I'll have a French press. And it was absolutely lovely. And I ventured into the cupboard because I knew straight away what I was going for because before I had a coffee machine and I could make myself flat whites, which is what I like now, I used to have French press all the time and you bought me a special cup. Mm, oh, I did. The best types of cups for French press coffee is you want low, wide mm, ones. Mm. It doesn't want to be a tall, thin one. Mm. It wants to be low and wide. Yeah. It tastes much nicer. Yeah. And so... I think that's traditionally the shape of a coffee cup, isn't it? In this, certainly, from what I've seen. Yeah, if you're drinking, like, straight coffee. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't so, mean, like, a cappuccino or anything like that. No, no. And also, as well, you want for... Especially for French press, you want really good china bone china yes yeah and so kate i don't quite know i do not know the story of how you got this and i wonder if you can remember but i'll tell everyone what it is yeah and then you could tell us the story yeah. about how you got it mm -hmm. so it is my first favorite thing is a coffee cup from first class I think it was Concord first class. I think it was Concord. Yes. Yeah. So this is a this is a coffee cup that yeah. used to be in first class. Yeah. Definitely first class British Airways. Yeah. I'm pretty sure because I'm pretty sure we did some research into it. I think so too. That we established that it was Concord first class, mm. and it has on it. It's Rome, isn't it? Yes. It's yes. like a photograph. So it will have so been. So it's a transfer print. It will have been on the first class flights to Italy, I bet probably. you. Probably, yeah, probably. So yeah, it's got a transfer print, a black and white photo of Rome, and it looks like it's from the I don't know, sixties or seventies. The photo, just looking at the cars on there, yeah. it's an old photo. Yeah. Yeah, and on the bottom of the cup, it says British Airways. Yes. I didn't steal it, don't worry. No, because I didn't steal we it. haven't been, we haven't on, been a on a British Airways well, flight. No, we've never been. I've never been on a British Airways flight, Neither actually. And certainly never been on Concorde. Sadly, no longer in existence. But funny enough, the um, last time we went on the plane, it was to Rome. It was. Yes. But how did you get it? I bought it on eBay. Wow. Where every, all these things come from. I can't actually remember what motivated me to go looking for it. I really can't. Because it's some years ago, isn't it? Yes. It's 10 plus years ago, I'd oh, yes. say. Yes, definitely. Um, but yeah, I just got it on eBay and I think there was a whole set of them originally with different cities yeah. around them. Right. I must look again, actually, and see if I can find any more. I don't want any more. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfectly happy with my one. It is, without doubt, the best coffee Look at that cup. House. I know. This is a house. This is a. I was just looking at it thinking, what on earth is going on? It's literally got no roof. 
And when it's I say no roof, no roof, no she doesn't. Says no she, it's it's got, not just the tiles that have gone. No, they've put in it's an RSJ an RSJ. Yeah. to keep the other two houses presumably from collapsing in because it's a terraced house. So and what are they doing? Completely replacing the whole roof trusses and everything. Gosh, I mean that's a job and a half, isn't it? At this point, though, it would be difficult to say. I think it's holding the chimneys up. Is what that's holding up. It is. Now, they might be doing something more fruity, mightn't they, than just replacing the trusses? They're doing the whole roof, the trusses, it's the whole roof. But what if they're building upwards or something as well? Well, I suppose they might be. Because at this stage, it's difficult to see, because I can't see it's anything. It's just the space. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. We'll keep you posted on that the next yes. time we have a walk. Yes. So, my first favourite thing is definitely, oh, and by the way, these aren't in any particular order. No, they're not in any particular order. These are just all of our favourite things. Yeah. What's your next favourite thing? My next favourite thing is Michael Portillo. Oh my goodness. Dan's laughing at me again. <laughs> I absolutely love, and again, I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've mentioned my love of Michael Portillo many times. But I just love him. I just, you know, he does Great British Railway journeys and he's done them in Europe and he's done them in Canada and America. But recently he's doing a new series right now on Channel 5, I think it is, about Devon and Cornwall. And he visit, he's visited Devon and Cornwall and he's doing six different sections of the coastal walk that goes all the way around Devon and Cornwall. He's not doing all of it, I think it's like 600 odd miles, all of it. So it's just choosing sections and doing it. And he's just fantastic, you know. I don't know how old he is now. I think he's mid-60s. And actually he said something really poignant at the beginning on the first episode when he was getting ready to do it. He did it earlier on this year, I think is when it was actually filmed. I'm sure it was sort of March time when he started it. He said that, you know, he really has felt, he's felt it being sort of effectively locked up for the past year and a bit. And as you get older, that year represents a proportionally larger amount of time that you've got remaining yeah. as you get older. And that just really struck me that he's absolutely right, isn't he? Yeah. That, you know, the people that have been hit hardest in all this is the people that are that little bit older. Yeah. And they're the ones, really, that should be living their life as full as they possibly can. Yeah. Because, you know, time ticks, doesn't it? Yeah. So that really struck me. But he, the thing I love about him the most, I think, is... He's, you know, he knows that he's terrible at things like dancing and his coordination is like hilariously bad. But he just throws himself into everything and he'll do anything. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's, he's done really daring things that I wouldn't do. But he will literally have a go at anything. And I think that's just brilliant. Yeah. But with that, he's still like very gentlemanly and I just love that. I love that old fashionedness about him so polite and he's so intelligent my goodness he is so intelligent and he seems to know everything about everything 
um, and he speaks several languages and I just think he's brilliant. I think he's just an amazing person and I just, any time I, I want to relax or distract myself or, you know, take myself away from everything, yeah. I'll just put him on and it works every time. I just love him. The next of my favourite things is on Christmas, no, New Year's Eve in 2006. Gosh. I was, when Kay and I first got together, <laughs> that sounds funny. When Kay and I first got together, when we were courting. No, I think it was 2005. Yes. Yes, it was. So 2005, apologies, I got the year on. I didn't put the year on my favourite thing. Right. I should, no, you didn't. No, it's I your didn't. fault. No, I know I didn't. It's Kay's but fault. I know what year it was because Blame of Kay. when Bryony was born. Yes. So she knows what I'm going to get on about now. Anyway, I'm, when we first got together, we didn't have a vast, in fact, that's never really changed. We didn't really have a vast <laughs> amount of cash. <laughs> and so you have to work very hard, don't you? Yeah. Especially when, you know, when you're a bit younger, when you get a bit older, you know, if you save a little bit and then things potentially get slightly easier. But back then, we didn't have very much money at all. And so, well, we both used to work quite hard, but then when Brian was born, we decided to do it the old fashioned way. Yeah. And we wanted mum, you to be a proper mum. Yeah, and, and stopped work. And so I so tried to- So we had to, even less money. <laughs> I tried to pick up the slack a little yeah. bit by, I used to play an awful lot in bands on a night time. Yeah. And on New Year's Eve, 2005, I was out. Yeah. I know where I was. What were you doing? I was at the York Railway, ah, the hotel attached to yes. York Railway Station. Yeah. Because every year we used to go and play there. Yeah. And it was so, it was so sad in a way, because basically what the hotel used to do is they would have a dinner. Yeah. And clearly the dinner was for people who didn't have anyone to spend New Year's with, Aww. who wanted to do something on New Year's. Right. Because we would go in to set up and it, it would all be like single people, right. single tables with like one. Oh gosh. I mean, which always struck me slightly odd because you would have thought, I mean, maybe that's what the people wanted. Maybe it would have been too difficult for them to like suddenly yeah, go in and I mean, be sat next to. You would have thought you'd, they'd put them on tables of six or something. Yeah, I know. Mm. But there'd be lots of these single tables. Anyway, we'd go in, set up, they'd go in and have their dinner. Over the course of dinner, mingling would begin. <laughs> we would then come out after they'd had their dinner yeah. and we would be the act. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we would play right the way through till the, the new year. Yeah. And then I think we would finish at one o'clock and then we'd come home. And you had written a letter at 12.35 a.m., I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And it was just such a lovely letter. I'm afraid <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it says in no. it, because that's private. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, you know, I never liked going out and leaving, especially when children arrive. You don't particularly enjoy going out and leaving them and leaving your loved ones at home, yeah. especially on a night like New Year's Eve. Hmm. The problem is, oh, well, the benefit is we never were into New Year's Eve. No. And also, 
if you do go out and work on New Year's Eve, you tend to get paid quite a lot of money. Yes, you used to get paid double, I think, for New That's Year's right. Eve. That's right, mm. yes. So it was worth doing. Mm. And so, you know, would have had a tough evening and I would have felt quite tired. Well, mm. I know I did, mm. felt quite tired. I got in and then there's this lovely letter. <laughs> and I read the letter and I put it in my wallet and it has literally been there ever since. Mm. And that is like 15 years ago. Because mm. Bryony was only two months old at the time. Yes. So that letter is in my pocket right now. <laughs> How sweet is that? It's very sweet. I'll have to read it again. I can't even remember what I wrote. <laughs> so. so that is another of my favourite things. What Aww. is another of your favourite things? Another of my favourite things is making blankets. Now this is this is another thing that I kind of battle with because I've made a lot of blankets. Yes. Knit them, crocheted them. Yes. I've made a lot. And I, I say to myself, that's it, I can't possibly make any more blankets oh, because who cares? Well yeah, you know, because I've just, we've just got so many and we don't need any more. But then I get an idea for a blanket and you know, I start it and it's so lovely and I just love making blankets. I think it's the the making of it I love, but also it's the constant thought that this is going to be so nice to snuggle under and watch a film and it also looks so lovely on the back of the sofa or that particular chair or on the bottom of the bed or whatever. Shall we amend our... Yeah, let's go this way. Okay. And I, I just... I just really love making blankets and I often worry that I just get a bit boring with it. That, you know, do something different kind of thing. But then, I just think, what? yeah, exactly. And I need, I need to sort of learn that it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I should do what makes me happy, shouldn't I? Absolutely. And that's not normally the first thing in my head when I'm thinking of, sort of knitting projects and yeah. things like that it's more what should I be knitting what yeah. should I be yeah. working on and I, I really need to just try and step back from that and the, the one that I'm working on at the moment I'm, I've just decided that yeah, I'm just going to enjoy it and it doesn't matter how long it takes me because sometimes you'll put things down for you know it might be a month two months three months and then you'll pick it back up again. So inevitably something can take quite a long time. And I do like to finish things, but I really am just gonna enjoy this one that I'm working on yeah. right now. I've got three blankets on the go at the minute, but this one's a knitted one yeah. and I'm really loving it. So I think it's a lesson to myself and probably to all of us that we should do these things that bring us that bit of joy. Absolutely. Um, and not, if you're like me and you battle with your brain a lot, I think any anything that gives you a bit of comfort and just eases, you know, what's going on in your mind, I think is, is a good thing. It's like therapy, isn't it? Yeah. That's how I think of it. Definitely. Yeah. Another of my favourite things is about 25 years ago, I don't know quite how, but I had the foresight to sit down with my mum's mum, my gran, and ask her about 
family stuff. Yeah. So like who her parents were, who her grandparents were, who her brothers and sisters were, the jobs they did, where they lived. Yeah. Also, I spoke to my grand about where she'd lived. Yeah. And I also, I wrote down lots of this, and I've still got the pieces of paper, which I wrote down at that time, which was really, really great. But what she did in the course of that conversation is she started going through some old pictures and I don't quite know how, but I became quite interested for some reason in when, oh, I know why it was, because my, my grandparents moved from Somerset to initially Northallerton and then to York, but they first of all moved to Northallerton and it was, I think that's where I felt the first immediate sort of seeds of my own family mm -hmm. and the reason why we lived where we lived and, mm -hmm. and all those things. Mm -hmm. So I remember asking her a lot of questions about moving to North Allerton and she said, oh, I think I've got a picture. And um, she went sort of hunting around and she found this picture and it was of my uncle John, my mum's brother, and he had a pet jackdaw. Gosh. That he trained. Wow. And it was taken in front of the house that they lived in, in North Allerton. Right. It was taken in the early 1950s when they first moved. And I've still got that picture and it's in my wallet. Really? Yeah. She gave me that picture 25 years ago and I put it straight in my wallet. And it's been in there ever since. And, you know, at, at certain times I'll take it out and have a little look mm -hmm. and it just and actually that picture then maybe 20 years ago led me to go on a search for the road where the house was mm. and the houses had been knocked down yeah but the houses behind hadn't been knocked down right so you could still see the types of house that they lived in mm -hmm. so that picture it just means a lot to me. It feels like a link to how I ended up being here. Mm -hmm. And so to be fair, if my mum hadn't moved from if my mum hadn't moved from Somerset, I wouldn't exist. Mm. I mean, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Sort of researching your family because I, I think as you get older, I, it's something. This, this is something I've never really thought about in my younger years. But as I've got older. I have started to sort of wonder about my family history because one side of my family I know, well to be fair both sides of my family I know quite little about but one side of my family in particular I know absolutely zero about, literally zero, I don't, I know nothing about my grandparents on that side or anything like that, who they were, what their names were, nothing. And it's not an easy thing to find out circumstances etc it's not an easy thing to find out about and I do often ponder because I think it's that sort of why am I like I'm like it's got I nothing often, to do with well I do often think that you bet it doesn't have anything to do with I that I do often think you know am I like this because also though what, what would it matter one of my grandparents was like that or also what would it matter though if you were no I know and you know you will say it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make a difference who your, your grandparents were. 
or what they did. You are who you are. And yeah, that's true. But I do ponder on it quite a lot and think, oh. But the problem is, you know, I, I could never start digging because that would just cause all kinds of ructions. Well, you're forgetting something because I did start digging. You did, you did ask my and dad And I got one loads time. of dates and I put them into... And couldn't find anything. I put, I put them mm. into the same software that I used to trace yeah. my own family yeah. tree and nothing came couldn't up for anything. It. No, couldn't and find anything. And I had anything. a huge amount of information. Yeah. I had birth dates, I had all yeah, sorts. Yeah, yeah, my dad gave you a lot of information, didn't he? Yeah. Or he died. Um, yeah, so I try not to think on it too much because then I just ponder and that's not good. You're you. Yeah. And you're only a reflection of the people who have been around you as you've grown up. Mm. You're not a reflection of someone who's been no, dead for 50 years. No, I never met and never knew, yeah. No. No. And, you know, my own experience, I got back to, uh, I think I got back to the early 1800s. Right. And they were all farm workers. Uh, right. <laughs> they were all farm workers. But that's it, interesting though, isn't it? I find that. Yeah. They were all farm workers. It's a great thing to do. So I said, the only person who wasn't a farm worker was another sort of ancestor who worked on the railways. Right. Which were very common occupations back then, weren't they? Farming and railroads. Yeah, because the railways, that, that mm. was boom time. Mm. It was, I suppose the only interesting thing was finding out places where they used to live. Mm. And these are places that I've driven through. It's all, funny enough, it's all sort of near to where my mum lives now. Mm. And I don't think, she didn't set out to go and live where her ancestors had lived. But she didn't know this. No. She lived in Wellington. That's where she grew up. And that's and close to where she lives now, isn't it? Uh, it's maybe 20 miles. Yeah. But she's literally, like, direct ancestors of her were living in places like Cannington. Which is very close. Which is a couple of miles from yeah. where my mum lives now. And that really is insane. They I know that blew the, her mind a bit when... Uh, they go to the butchers in Cannington, or always used to, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. Do you have another favourite thing? <laughs> you don't. I couldn't think of anything. That's OK. Well, we've nearly finished our walk, but I'll give you another one. OK. So, another of my favourite things is, it's a book. Oh, you see, now you've said that, I could have said a book. But anyway, go Well, on. why don't you take one? Take a quick one and then I'll say mine. A quick book? Well, yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of my favourite things, actually. It is a book that I've read several times in book form, but that I listen to at least once a year. <laughs> and that's Winter Solstice by Rosamund Pilcher. And I'm actually listening to it again right now. And it's fabulous. That's cool. But also, another of your... Clan of the Cave Bear yes. is another one. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's surely that's I love higher Ayla. up the. Ayla's like my guru for everything. Yes. That's I'm got always to be. <laughs> surely your copy. I'm always referencing Ayla. What sure, would Ayla surely do? Surely your copy of Clan of the Cave Bear has got to be one of your oh, most treasured yeah, possessions. It's really old. Yes. It's really old. So, yeah. So Clan of the Cave Bear and Winter Solstice definitely two of my favourite things. My book that I was going to say 
mm. is it's by Conigledon. It's from the Emperor series of books, and the book is called The Field of Swords. Right. And the reason why it's one of my favourite things is because I was reading that book when we went to Rome. Right. So that time that we spoke about when we were just setting up on our walk, when mm -hmm. we were on a plane going mm -hmm. to Rome, mm -hmm. I remember being sat on the plane yeah. reading that book. Which would have been 2004. Yes. Yeah. And the whole time we were in Rome, I was also reading this book. Right. And the book is historical fiction and it's all about Julius Caesar. Mm -hmm. And the first book, you don't realise that the sort of protagonist of the book is Julius Caesar. And it's only when you get to the end of the book. I didn't know that the book was about Julius Caesar. Right. And it was only as I got to the end. And I think he did that deliberately. Mm. I think his, his plan was, mm. I'll introduce this character and, you know, stuff will happen. Mm. And at the end of the book, that's when I'll, you know, reveal exactly who he is. Mm. Mm. And that trip to Rome, I mean... Oh, to, we loved it. It was, Feb be, it was February that we went. Yeah. Mm. To be fair, I think what is one of my favourite things is that trip to Rome. That book is just the tangible mm. evidence <laughs> of that trip because it was, oh, it was just amazing. It was. We went through, we flew through Amsterdam, didn't we? We did, yeah, we Which did. seems so funny, but it, it just was cheap. It seems strange. It was, yeah, that's the cheap again, no money. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was the cheapest way of doing it, yeah. And I, rem I remember that airport was just vast. Oh, huge. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a massive... You can go anywhere, can't you, from Amsterdam? Yeah. It must be one of those hub things. Yeah. And we flew from... I remember uh, we flew from Leeds Bradford, didn't we? Yes. Yes. And I remember we had to get up, like, super early. We did, we did. And I remember parking the car and being, like, half asleep. Yeah. Thinking then, we're never going to remember where we yeah. parked it. And it was still dark. It was. I, I just remember thinking, I can't believe it. Yeah. I should still be asleep. Uh, uh. And then we got to Rome and I just remember, I mean, again, it was, it was money that made me think, because I looked at the map and I just thought, oh, we can walk this. Yeah, gosh. Oh, what an Yeah, error. we walked from the railway station to... The so forum, effectively. To the forum, which is where the hotel was. Crazy, with, you know, suitcases, bonkers. Bonkers thing to do, but... Yeah, again, it was money. It was like, oh, you know, taxi will cost a lot and let's just walk, it'll be fine. We'll see the sights. Yeah, I think you know. one of the problems was, as I recall, <laughs> it was in the middle of a rugby tournament. Uh, it was busy, wasn't it? It was really yeah, busy. Because Eng I think England were playing Italy. Oh, right. And I think it might have been in Italy. Right. So there was like loads of people yeah. around. But the funny thing is, Rome is such an interesting place, certainly back then. It didn't feel anything like what downtown London would feel. No, it didn't feel like no, England didn't. playing. Oh gosh, Italy no, definitely at not. Twickenham, for example. Yeah. We've made it back. We have. My goodness, it only spat just a tiny bit. Just rained a little bit. It's supposedly going to rain. Is it really? A lot later. Right. That's what they're saying, but you know, we'll see. I think, to be honest. I'd be okay if it did. Yes, we're home safe. Thank goodness. So it's been wonderful. I had no idea what any of your favourite things were going to be. Oh, you did. I am disappointed, though, that one of them wasn't me. Oh, we said at the beginning. 
We're going to have to talk about this afterwards. Oh, righto. <laughs> I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm only joking. Folks, thank you so much for listening. It's been wonderful to see you. Take care of yourselves. And yes. we'll see you next time for another Bakery Bears radio see show. See you soon. The Bakery Bears radio show is brought to you by Bakery Bear Productions and is made possible by our Bakery Bear patrons. Find out how you can join our Bakery Bear community, access more of what we do, and keep the show on air by visiting www.bakerybears.com forward slash listen forward slash.